Even when I've left, I'll do right by you I'll be your everything Your blue sky Welcome back everyone. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be posting an episode or an interview I did on 10CBF, a podcast for blended families with my friend Joel. Him and I got the chance to sit down and discuss the ups and downs, the rigors, the trials, the tribulations, the wins and the losses and my journey as a stepdad. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, before I go any further, if you have not, please like, subscribe, share. Um, the bigger the platform, the better opportunities I have to help change the narrative and help um, you know, really empower stepdads around the world to be the very best leader, man, mentor, and person that they can be. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, yeah, you guys are going to like it. Milo Vaughn and everybody, welcome back to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. And I'm really excited today to be speaking with our guest, Franco Zavala, the uh, professional stepdad. Franco is an actor. He's the host of the Professional Stepdad podcast, a 60-second storyteller, and a stepfather of five who loves sharing wisdom, insight, and anecdotes about fatherhood. Driven by his passion to affect real change, Franco is on a mission to challenge the current narrative around the meaning and purpose of being a stepdad in today's world. Franco, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I'm glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I would carve out any, any amount of time for you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, it's fun. The last episode I did was with Laura Petherbridge, the smart stepmom who is wonderful and uh, really excited about that. And so it's really fun to be going back now and okay, let's talk to stepdads a little yeah. bit more specifically as well. Um, and, and I told her, same thing I'll tell you, God bless you both, because I'm not a step parent. That is not a gig I would sign up for. I'm married to a step parent <laughs> and it's really hard. Um, so that's, you know, that's like me, I told Dolores, so that's like being an elementary school teacher, like that's right out. Yeah, tough. Um, it's tough. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's a great analogy, by the way. An elementary oh. teacher. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, analogy. which is not what I do. I'm a high school teacher because those kids, like, I can berate and make fun of, and it's fine. Elementary school kids, you can't do that. They cry. So Yeah, they couldn't take it. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's right out. So I read your bio, but um, the first thing, if you could sort of uh, fill in some of the blanks for our listeners, tell us a little bit more about yourself, maybe how you got to where you are today, where your passion for stepdads comes from, uh, in addition to your personal experience. So um, my, my stepdad journey started, like I said, a little bit over 10 years ago. Um, I, I have a military background. I spent about seven, eight years in the Army um, in the East Coast. And then I spent time in Florida for a, lot, a while before I made my way back to Arizona. Um, and when I did, I made my way back with a full determination and focus to kind of be a dad. Like I was kind of ready to settle down. I was coming into my 30s. And then I found out that I couldn't have kids. Mm. Um, so I kind of went to like a devastating um, time in my life where I was kind of second guessing almost everything that I did. And I didn't really understand why this was happening to me, considering the fact that I love kids. I have a big right. family. Um, and then, uh, and then lo and behold, Facebook, Facebook made the connection between me and my wife where I see my wife and I have known each other since we were six. Mm. So I kind of came back into her life after high school. Um, and I find out that her husband passed away. Mm. Um, right about the same time that I had decided to become an actor at the age of 31, which is very, very, very late. Okay, that's not normally the way that people go. Oh, no, I definitely did it. Though. I definitely did it backwards, but I decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and serve my country first. Um, and God bless you for doing that. My dad did 20 years in the army. So thank you. 
Perfect. I love that. Tell your dad. Well, your, is your dad still with us? He, he passed away some years ago. I will, I will say a quiet respect for him um, at my own time. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I made the commitment to move to L.A. And I, and I, uh, I, I find out that her husband passed away right after they had their son. At, at, mm. And kind of like a devastating time. And we had been best friends our whole life. Lived six, six houses down from one another mm. uh, growing up. So um, I went to the funeral. And I connected with her for the first time in a long time. And I didn't know until a few years later, but I had fallen in love with her mm. at the funeral, which is a you know, crazy, amazing story in itself. Um, so I made the commitment anyway. I stuck to my guns, went to LA, became an actor, um, decided to leave after nine months. And I'm like, I'm going to go back. I fell in love with this girl. I got I to gotta see where this goes. Right. And I come back to Arizona. I was going to give up acting. She told me to go on one more audition. And that propelled me into... Kind of where I'm at now. I ended mm. up becoming the highest paid commercial actor in all of Arizona. Nice. That's Great. awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, since, since that happened, I, uh, it's given me the time to, to be a dad, to be a stepdad, to be present, to be available to not only raise the kids, but kind of like get to know them, right? Because that's mm. my job for the first few years. I got to get to know who these kids are. I mean, they're humans, right. for God's sake. Right. Uh, and, uh, and that's, you know, and then there's a lot of stuff that's happened from, from, from me, me making a movie based off of an argument that I had with my second oldest daughter. Um, and that's, I don't know if you can see right behind me, but it's a, it's a poster called Lift Me Up. It's a movie mm -hmm. I made for her, about her. About nice. Her. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's it. Like four girls. The, the Lord definitely, <laughs> definitely put me in that position mm -hmm. of like, hey, you know, you, you, what everything you did when you were a kid, here's four girls. That's exactly right. Yeah. God has a sense of humor. Um, cause I'm the same way I've got, I was that kid in high school who was like, I don't even know how to be around girls now. I can't imagine yeah. what it's like to try to raise them. And, and bam, I have two daughters. Boom. Yeah. yeah. So right now I got two teenage daughters and I just, I feel like God's just looking at me going, yeah, you deserve, you deserve this. <laughs> yeah. My son and I, my son and I laugh sometimes because we feel, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's sometimes there's moments where my son and I have to bunker down and just kind of deal with everything that's happening. I'm sure. Especially because now I have all teenage girls in the house. They're all teenagers now. One of them's gone, but when they're home, especially during coronavirus. Oh yeah. Doing school from here. Oh my it goodness. It was interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Good grief. Oh, that's a lot of kids anyway, but certainly a lot of teenage people. Like I, I'm a high school teacher, some around teenage kids all day. Um, but it's different because after an hour and a half, I can say, all right, go away. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't, I can do it. I, I, I've 90 minutes I got affect you. Bye-bye. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, yeah. so what I, what I did with the show and why the reason why I even called my show the professional stepdad was because my, I used to be a, I, I started, I was a speaker for two years on stage mm -hmm. between here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And my mentor at the time told me once, and he only needed to tell me once, he said, there's nothing better in the world than watching a pro at work. Mm. and it's something that we all strive for in everything that we do if you're a teacher you want to be the best yep. if you're a dad you want to be the best right so i know that there's seasons for stepdads from when you're drafted you know and you enter that league to your rookie season yep your sophomore season and so on and so forth and that's the that was the reason for this professional stepdad as a matter of fact my son came up with it nice yeah okay so, so now what are the what are the ages of your stepkids now Okay, so my oldest daughter uh, turned 20, just turned 20 a few, a few months ago. My second oldest daughter is 18. My third oldest is going to be 16 in July. My fourth daughter is 13. 
-hmm. and my son is 11. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. And, th and those are those are big, uh, especially the older ones, like those are big milestone kind of years in terms of life events, whether it's moving out or going to college or graduating high school. Like my older one just went to her first prom a few weeks ago. And I was, I was not ready for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it went, it went well, praise the Lord. She, the, the guy she went with is, uh, he's a reasonable human being as teenage boys go, which is not a real high bar, uh, right. for who's ever been a teenage boy, like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, just, and the other one's about to be, she turned 14. So I've got one who's applying to college and I got one who's about to start driving and yeah. Whew, so, and again, and, and these are, these are, um, these are my bio kids and I'm thankful for them. And again, I, one of the things that I know I will never fully understand that, that my wife and I talk about a bunch is how it's how difficult it must be to have these kids that are yours mm -hmm. that you you do all the parenting things for them, right? right? Whether it's helping them with college applications or whether it is making their lunch when they're little, and there's yeah. no guarantee of any kind of return. There's no guarantee of of gratitude, there's no guarantee of love, there's no guarantee of respect. And and again, that's one of the things that, about step parenting that if you've never been around it, maybe you just don't, maybe you don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think that, so for me, specifically for me, um, spending seven years in the army, jumping out of airplanes, going overseas mm -hmm. to, you know, when 9-11 happened, I was, I was in Kuwait maybe a few months after. Okay. Being a stepdad, being a stepdad and being a leader, mentor, um, somebody that you can have a shoulder to cry on and also aggression and love to release on. Um, being a stepdad, I tell my wife this all the time, is the easiest thing I've ever done as far <laughs> as when it comes to understanding the process that it takes to get to where I'm at, which is the reasons why I didn't sh decide to share my journey or what I've done until 10 years had passed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? What I applied to my life and what I learned before I was a stepdad to where I'm at now the main thing that I applied to it was what you said earlier. It's not only do you have to have patience and perseverance, but you have to be okay with not receiving the attaboys and not receiving the um, thank you so much or we appreciate you. I mean, that's what a stepdad does. Our a stepdad assumes that we're going to be like valued and appreciated when we walk into the scenario. Right. That's just not it yeah. because we have not gained trust from yeah. anyone yet. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's the process. Yeah, that, and that is, that's tough. So for those of you guys that are listening who are nodding along right now, just know that you're not alone. I know last week, like I said, we were talking with Laura. There were some things she said that I'm sure every stepmom or even, you know, just people who are around stepmoms are going, yeah, I can see how that's tough. And that, and so now same thing, listeners, if you're, if you're nodding your head, again, just know that you're not alone and, and that there are communities of men out there who are also going through what you are going through or have been through it and can right. walk along beside you as you go through those things. So you mentioned that um, uh, that in insofar as understanding what your role is, the stepdad part has been you know easier than say getting shot at in the Middle East or, or things like that, which you know which makes sense. Um, but what are what are some of the the bigger blended family challenges that you've faced, and and what have you done to kind of overcome or address those? It's a great question. It's a great question. So the the bigger blended family challenge that I've chased or that I faced. When it, came, when it has come to um, when I started, even to like midpoint and where I'm at now, will and always be the others. 
It'll be the other people that are in the scenario, whether it's grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, best right. friends, neighbors, people that think that they know better than you because they've either been around the family longer or you know they have kids and now you're just becoming a stepdad. So they think that they're gonna be able to provide you with this information that is going to somehow propel you into this you know, stratosphere of stepdads that has never been seen before. And it just, it, it doesn't happen. And the biggest obstacle that we all face, especially as stepdads, after we can set our pride aside, is the fact that we have to remember that no matter what they say, do, act, or respond to when it comes to us being a stepdad and how we handle situations, we have to block out the negative noise. We have to, mm. we have to block out the, the, well, I think you should do it this way. And well, right. don't do it that way. And, and we have to remember that the only thing we can control, the only thing is what happens within the walls of our home. That's yeah. it. The moment, like, a, like you're a school teacher, the moment that the bully in the yard gets attention, he continues to be the bully. Right. But if you can learn to block out the negative noise and understand that you have enough work within the homes, within the walls of your home, with the children, with your partner, and with yourself, right, right, with yourself, then you, if you can make your peace with that, and it's a lot easier said than done. You know, yes. It's a lot easier than, that's self-work. I'm always preaching self-work is the number one thing I've done as a stepdad before any book, before any seminar, before any workshop, before any podcast. It is, can I let go of how I was raised, of how the, the, my environment and parenting the way my parents did because it's a different ball game I, this right. is a whole movement yeah and and i think that's wonderful i love what you said too um i was writing some notes down you, you mentioned you know the importance of blocking out the negative noise coming from the others who and, and a lot of time it's hard to do because it's well-intentioned sometimes it's not sometimes it's malicious or condescending or whatever but a lot of times it's well-intentioned hey don't you think you should or you know well we've seen that if we did this thing and well i appreciate that but this is a different situation. And, and so that's important. And then the other one I love that you mentioned was the only thing we can control is what happens within the four walls of our home. And yeah. outside of that, we got to do the best we can. Um, but like you said, there's enough to do here that, that we can just, we can concentrate on that and we'll be good. And, and the other part of it too um, is the importance of setting aside our pride or our ego. Uh, yeah. And I will fully admit just as a dad, like that's been my biggest biggest uh, struggle for the entire time I've had kids is just assuming that because I'm the dad, I know best. Uh -huh. And like you said too, sometimes part of being a dad is setting aside some of the ways that we were raised because whether it worked for us or not, our kids are not us. And that's something right. that I had a really hard time getting a hold of is that my two girls were not me. I'm not my dad. They're not being raised at the same time in history as I was. And like yeah. things are just different. And so the way I needed to approach those two little girls was different than how I had been raised. And I, I wish I had known that about a decade ago, that would have been helpful, but you know, need Brooks yeah. no delay, but better late than never, I guess. So. Hey, listen, you started the show for a reason, right? I, I think, I, I don't know if you like baseball. Um, and Huge like baseball fan. Right. So then I, I, I use this analogy all the time when I talk to other stepdads or when I'm writing, which is every stepdad, when they first come into their scenario or yeah. Let's just say every bio dad or every stepmom or every bio mom, just anybody that comes into a parenting scenario, we have this, this vision in our head that we're going to step up to the plate, mm -hmm. call center field like Babe Ruth did, and hit a home run. 
But in reality, we have to focus on the fact that we have to get on base. We need right. to base hits. That's yeah. it. You can yeah. get base hits. You, you're going to stay in the game. Yeah. But if you're always trying to hit that home run because you need recognition and value and, and, and love, it's, it's going to be such so much harder to get to. There's no final destination either because you know right. as well as, as far as having two girls every two, two years for me specifically, it is a new chapter of what do I do now? Yeah. It's, and just when you think you've got it figured out, the kid's different than they were. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, crap. Yeah. That's, that's, I feel like that's been a lot of the last five or six years in terms of my parenting is just, just when I think I've got it, now the girls are a year older and it's like, oh, that's crap. That's different than what you were doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and one of the, the things that I've learned, and, and again, I want to understand that I've, I've, done, I've done so many years of self-work before I ever even stepped into the shoes of a stepdad. <laughs> and the self-work that I do now, um, like last year alone, I read 22 books just on <laughs> personal development and growth and or learning about right. the mind or stuff like that. But one thing I have learned more than anything is that as the years progress and as the, as the, as the times change and they grow and they change and they become different kids and they become people, you know, they become human, right? Um, you know, they go from like loving you and laying with you to get off your phone. It's bedtime. Like kind of like stuff like that. One thing I've learned more than anything is, is that the communication that you have with your children will never change as long as you've, as long as you've learned to communicate with that child, each child is different. Your, your wife's communication is different. Your communication is different. How you communicate with one another are, is different. Um, you know, I know we're going to jump into this soon, but that's one of the things about the Ten Commandments that I love. Number one, right when I opened it up, you know, I, you wanted me to go through it and read it. I got to number one. I'm like, don't need to. This thing started off with the thing that matters most. Everything right. after that is just it's great information. But yeah. if you can't master one, it doesn't yeah. matter about anything. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's the core of all of it. Right. Yeah. No, I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that. So the, yeah, the, the, the question that I asked everybody that's kind of the hardest is the one that we just talked about there was some of the biggest blended family challenges, just the, yeah. the heart of it. Um, probably my favorite question is when I ask guests, what are some of the best or most positive or most enjoyable blended family experiences that you have? Um, okay, so I've got one that I always keep locked in for, for talks and for information. Uh, so my oldest daughter was closest mm-hmm. to her dad. It was the closest. They were best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when he passed away, my, my, my daughter was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. so, so, you know, and she was the oldest. So when I first got into the family, I mean, day one, uh, remember, I'm best friends with my wife, mm-hmm. meaning like we're legitimately childhood friends. Mm-hmm. So when I was around and getting to know them and then kind of falling in love with her, I was just kind of around helping. Right. And, um, and she looks at me one time and she dead, dead center. I grab her food because we were making dinner. And she goes, when are you leaving? <laughs> like, legit, when are you leaving? Remember, she's the big sister. She's protector. Right. She's yep. like, you know, when are you leaving? That's fast a great forward, question. Fast forward. Um, what was it? Fast forward senior or her graduation night. I have this letter in my office and it is every, this is what I love about being a stepdad or just a parent in general. Um, everything that you think you're doing that you hope that sticks mm-hmm. and you hope they listen, or you hope that you've done the right job or you're doing your best. All the things that you you're, you're putting all your time, energy, and effort into 
if you're patient, it'll be, it'll pay off. Mm -hmm. And that day when I walked into my office and she was driving on, she was on her way to college. I, I opened this letter and it's from her. It's double-sided. And in a long, in, in, to sum it up, it is pretty much her giving me that gratitude, mm. that thank you, that love, that appreciation, the, the, the stamp of approval, like you name it. Now, mind you, it took me almost 10 years to get right. that letter, yeah. 10 years. But it is the greatest moment that I have. Mm. And that's including the fact that my son and I are best friends and I have, my other daughter's doing great stuff. My wife's an amazing woman. That day was the best day for me because yeah. it proved it proved to me that patience prevails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I love that listeners again. Remember when he says that patience doesn't mean like give it half an hour or or give it a week, <laughs> you know, even give it a month. Like it's been a decade. Yeah, it's been a decade, and that's one that again it that's hard to remember when you're in the midst of the when are you going to leave kind of moments or or when you're you know in when are you going to leave kind of lifestyle that's just how it's been it's hard to remember that it can get better um and so listeners i hope that you will take away from this that it, it can even if you don't ever get that letter as long as you are doing the right thing that's the important part because whether they thank you or not our our role as parents is to do what are, what is best for our kids and hopefully like uh, like Franco, you will get that kind of appreciation one day. I know my mom would probably echo what you said, although she didn't get it when I graduated. It was literally like within the past five years. I'd be driving on the way to school one day. I'd call my mom. Yeah, I'm in my early 30s at the time. I'd say, hey, mom, you remember that thing I did when I was 15? Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. That was yeah. boneheaded. And I just, you know, because now I teach those kids. And I'm thinking, why would you do that? And then God kind of goes, <clears throat> and it's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> and so then I got to call my mom and apologize and, you know, that kind of thing. You know, the beauty of that, of that, of that scenario that you're outlining and how you're saying it, the beauty of that is that um, the reason that it took you that long to get there is because you yourself as a person had to get to that point of forgiveness and mm -hmm. you had to get to that point of like, not only letting things go, but Instead of, I, for the longest time, my parents were both alcoholics. My parents were never home. I was raised by my sister. Mm. I, should, I should not be where I'm at today. Mm. I'm doing the dumb stuff that I've done as a child. <laughs> after the army, when I found out that I couldn't have kids, I went, I, I became an, I mean, I turned right into my dad. I became an alcoholic. Mm. It was nobody's business, you know? And it took me leaving who I was to become, you know, that's the thing. The point I'm trying to make is you have to be willing to let go of who you were mm -hmm. in order to become who you are so that you can properly prepare yourself to who you're going to be. Yeah. That's the process of every parent, of every human, which is we can't deliver, we can't get to us delivered this message and this value and this learning um, lesson and the love until we're ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that comes with self-work. Yeah. Always. Starts with, starts and ends with that period. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. And again, listeners, the good news is God's not ever done with us, right? Sanctification is a lifelong process. But uh, what he said there is exactly right. We can't keep hanging on to who we were if we're trying to become someone else. You, you can't have it both ways. You've either got to let go of who you were so you can become who you're supposed to be, or you're just going to keep hanging on to who you were and you're just going to be miserable because you know that's not who you were created to be. 
right? And, and especially as you mentioned, Franco, for parents, we've got to continually be doing that because like you said, we all dream of stepping up to the plate and, and hitting the game winning home run or, or grand slam, or some of us may even just dream of hitting a double, but really the truth is like, we just need to get on base. It doesn't matter if it's a, sometimes you get hit by a pitch, right? right. My, my wife didn't really, she's not a huge baseball fan, but since we've been together, um, you know, she's had to watch the game because I do a lot. And so we, you know, I pulled out the old eight bit Nintendo and we're playing baseball and, and her favorite part of the game is when a batter gets hit because the guy's contorts his face and, you know, beanball and big letters and, you know, <laughs> dads and stepdads, sometimes that's how we get on base. Sometimes you just have to take a punch. Right. But that's, you know what? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Because awesome. sometimes that's all we can do is go, okay, and, but we'll take our base and, and hopefully somebody will move us around the bases and, and that's okay. And then hopefully next time we don't have to also get hit by the ball again, but, but sometimes we do. And, uh, and the key is as long as we're continuing to move forward, like Franco said, as long as we're continuing to do the work on ourselves, then we can be a better person that our, that our family needs us to be. Right. right. And that's really, really important. Um, Excellent. So you mentioned this earlier, but I want to come back to it. Um, I sent you that copy of the Ten Commandments ahead of time. Um, tell us about what you see people struggling with the most, and and how you would encourage or help those people, or what kind of wisdom you would share with them. So there's this this is this is kind of embedded within um, probably number five, number two for sure, which is the whole the struggle that step parents deal with when it comes to um, discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, and this because this plan is probably going to be the the Achilles heel to every step parenting scenario, mm-hmm. right? Which is, which is, and I don't care which side of the what you whatever side you're playing that 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 field, whether you're the stepmom or the stepdad, um, you are not allowed to touch the kids. You're not allowed to. But mind you, we don't live in a generation like you and I grew up in, which right. is I, I got switches and and, and spoons, yeah, belts and whatnot. Totally get that, but you'd be surprised after you learn more about your children, um, you'll you can figure out real quick that by doing something simple, for instance, like my daughter Afton, you know, the best way to communicate with my daughter Afton is right in front of her, face to face, sitting her down and explaining to her what happened Mm -hmm. and how and what needs to happen, but then providing her with steps to succeed. Hmm. That's the best way for my daughter to win. The worst thing I can do as a stepdad, as a parent. Mm-hmm. is lock her room, take away her stuff and put her by herself. Yeah, Worst thing I can do. Never going to work. That's not the way to communicate. So with the whole, with the whole um, showing respect, like let's go to number two. With the showing respect, the respect is going to come, mm-hmm. but only, only, only if you offer the respect. And that's the respect to the bio parents. That's right. the respect to the others that's being respectful, right? It doesn't mean you do everything they say. It doesn't mean you right. listen to all the negative that they say it just means you're being respectful because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day no matter what no matter if you like it or not in the beginning especially until you built trust because trust is the foundation until you there you are the stranger Hmm. be okay be a fly on the wall listen you really want to learn how to connect with your wife or your husband or your kids be a fly on the wall just shut up and let them talk because guess what they're going to reveal to you the things that you need to put in your backpack and move forward up that crazy mountain that we all go up until we get to the false summit, which is where mm-hmm. we think that we don't have to learn anymore. And then all of a sudden reality <laughs> and life is in the face and 
you know, we, we, and we, we take our foot off the, you know, off the, off the gas. If you can get to that show, it number like the show, the respect, like that part right there is so hard, especially for, for machismo <laughs> men, like, who were, you know, raised by a Hispanic father with, who was a big guy that and if I ever like decided to think, of, let's put it this way. If I had a thought cross my mind that I could maybe cry 20 minutes from that point, I got it. I mean, I got, <laughs> I got, yeah. so it was very hard for me to become this emotional guy mm-hmm. and emotion. Emotion has nothing to do with crying. It has everything to do with like being okay with showing respect, like mm-hmm. showing the respect that is needed and that is earned within the home. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Like, like I said before, as you, as you progress forward through your parenting process, um, that respect will eventually make its way back to you. Right. But, but again, if you haven't let go of who you were and that old man, the guy that you, how you were raised, your dad, your uncle, your sister, you know, or your environment, your friends, if you haven't let all that go and kind of like started with that clean slate, when that respect is getting ready to be given to you, mm-hmm. you won't see it. You won't be aware of it. Right. That kills hmm. That kills them. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. And that's something, listeners, that we've shared on a lot of different um, interviews. But I love, uh, Franco, I love your take on it. Because again, the idea is we've got to be willing to show that respect in order to recognize it whenever it comes back around. Because it may not be immediate. You may be respectful and they may be a turd. You may be gentle and kind and they may just throw it in your face. That doesn't mean that we need to respond in the same way. Because nobody wins in that scenario, if we if we try to out macho each other, if we try to out vindictive each other, nobody wins, and the kids are the ones who lose the most, right? And, and so, yeah, so one of the most important things we can do is to make sure that even if we are the only ones doing it, we need to try to be respectful of other people. Um, one of the ones I mentioned, actually, I was talking to my daughter earlier today, um, was this idea of she was talking about. Uh, a classmate of hers. And I told her, I said, sometimes, baby, you've got to be willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. You got to be willing to believe the best about them. And that's, that's really hard for me at 38. I'm sure it's harder for her at 14. Right. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's real hard for people who are, are in blended families, especially if you're dealing with the bio or the, or the step parent of the same gender as you, if you're getting your toes stepped on, it's probably really hard to believe the best about that person. But if we can get to a place of humility enough to say, Maybe they still did mean it like a turd, but I'm going to choose to treat them as if they didn't, right? That's a really hard place to get to. Right, because you are you have to let go of that freaking, that, that what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you have to let go of that feeling that you, like everybody, okay, let me just make, let, step parents. Nobody owes you, am I allowed to cuss or you're not going to I'm a, remember, I'm from the, I got a military background. So for some reason, it just, I've been working on it. And I'll, and I'll work hard on it, but step parents, the, nobody owes you crap ever. Yeah. Nobody owes you anything. Everything you get from here on out, it's going to be earned and mm. deserved. And um, especially when you're dealing with a toxic bio parents or when you're dealing with a toxic family member, right? You know, those, just like you said, a second ago, you can give them the benefit of the doubt and show them respect. One of the worst things that step parents do men specifically, but step moms as well, is we not only allow the negative, uh, you know, the negative bio parent or the negative family member to affect our feelings, emotions, and how we handle ourselves, right. but then we take it out on everybody around us, yeah. and then we continue to talk bad about them to the kids and to yeah. the family, home, and we are poisoning the well. Yeah, yeah. 
really well. We cannot do that. No matter how mad I get, and remember, I didn't have BioDad in the picture, but mm-hmm. make no mistake about it, BioDad had four brothers, three right. sisters. There were plenty of bio people in the picture. Right, and every one of them did not want me there ever. As oh. a matter of fact, I didn't gain the respect of any of that side of the family until the first time they saw me on TV. We're all at a family event. They see me on TV for the first time, and all of a sudden, wait, you're this is really what you do? I'm like, yeah, but you guys never got the chance to get to know me, and that's your problem. That's, right? And that's really on you. Yeah, it's on them. So, But if I would have come home, and if I would have, to my son, if I would have just talked such negative talk about his dad and his uncles, right. or to girls, if I would have talked crap about their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents, all it would do was bring me down to the level that yeah. everybody else is at. And if I'm trying to ascend, I cannot hold on to that weight. Yeah. That yeah. is tough for every step parent. If you want to ascend, if you want to get to the point, and this is going back to baseball, if you just want to try to steal the second, you can't steal the second um, with the bat in your hand. You can't right. steal the you know, you just can't, that's not the way it works. Right. You know, and, and I know, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but the pitcher and the, and the catcher, that's the parenting, mm-hmm. right? Those, the, the, the relationship between pitcher and catcher is like, nobody's ever, uh, nobody can explain that actually. There's probably <laughs> no real phenomenon about behind it, I'm, I'm assuming. But anyway, so yeah, that is, that is awesome that you, you say, give them the benefit of the doubt because that's true because at the end of the day, and this is what I told my son the other day, I said, son, you have to remember that everything that that person has, is doing to you is not their fault. They were taught that, dude. Mm-hmm. They were, they're just repeating what they were, how they learned their environment when they don't see you. So when you get that portion of them, you're not getting them. You're just getting a version of them that is not going to necessarily be good. That's why you have to, I tell my son, just sometimes when those negative talk and, and the words come at you and the people come at you, just move. Mm-hmm. Just move. For some reason, we like to stand in front of it and right. absorb it all. I can take it. It's fine. Sometimes you just got to get the hell out of the way. It's exactly move. right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any boxers who are really good boxers who just take punches in the face and the body all the time. Right. Like, I don't know a ton about boxing, but like, I remember my Muhammad Ali, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And, I, and mm-hmm. I've heard the phrase stick and move, which I'm assuming doesn't mean let them punch you in the face repeatedly. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah, and that's exactly right. Good because he boots. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and, and again, listeners, when you're when you're listening to this, please pay attention to to what Franco's saying. There are times when it is okay to just step back and say, "I'm just, I'm no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with that right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to allow that to affect me negatively." Because I know that's not the truth. That may be your opinion. That may be your perspective. That may be your interpretation of the events. I know that's not the case, and so I'm not going to let your negative stuff affect me and therefore affect this household negatively, right? Because sometimes as the, as the dad, stepdad, bio dad, whatever, sometimes that's our role is just to kind of stand between us and the, or, you know, our family and, and whatever's trying to bring them down. And that's not necessarily the most fun thing in the world, but I do believe that's one of the sort of the God-given tasks of the, the fatherhood role is to be the role model and then also to be the protector, to be the one who says that this is, this is where that stuff ends, right? Inside the sanctuary of this house, this is how we're going to handle things. And whatever right. happens outside it, so be it. But inside here, 
We're not doing it that way. Correct. That is perfectly said. Yeah. So, um, do what? Wrote that down. Oh. Love that. <laughs> hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's funny. I always have my uh, my three by five cards. So I'm a history teacher, and so like taking notes is what I do just always so my, my kids laugh at me because I take notes at church and the students laugh at me at school because I take notes I teach a little Christian school so every Wednesday yeah. we have like chapel or whatever so I've got my notebook where I take notes during chapel and even when it's a kid talking I'm taking notes and the, the students are like what are you writing down I'm like I'm writing down the important stuff you know I forget who it was the other day I was talking to someone and they said uh, one of the best ways that you can show people that you care about them is to act as if every person you meet has something very important that they could teach you Wow. Are we recording this? Yeah, yeah, I, I thought, man, that's really good. I wish I'd, yeah. I wish I had thought yeah. of that when I, like, I wish I had come up with that myself. I, I wish I remember who it was too, so I could credit them. But, but that's a great thing to think about. You know, when I'm talking with my 14 year old daughter, like it was this afternoon, we're getting ready for volleyball tryouts. We're pinging a ball back and forth. What is it that mm -hmm. she's going to tell me today that would really, that that's important for me to learn, right? And that's a different way of relating to my kids than I did two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I'm glad that I'm doing it now. I wish I had done that when she was four instead of 14. But, you know. I think, I think, I think that, and again, I think that you did it in the exact time that you were supposed to do it. I mean, I believe, I believe in that stuff. I believe in that timing and that, mm. that if you get it early, you wouldn't understand how to handle it. And it's like success or, or anything that you get in this world. That's why yeah. you gotta be ready for it. That's all. Yeah. And, and what's well, like you mentioned too, we, it's, you know, self-work is a never ending. It's a constant thing so that when those opportunities come up, you can recognize them and you can, you can seize them and make the most out of them. Um, and so I love that again, listeners, uh, you know, tuning into this podcast, that's something you can do. That's going to hopefully help you reading books, going to conferences, meeting with other people who are in similar situations, learning from them. All of those are way to uh, ways to improve yourself in whatever areas you need to be working on. So thank you for doing that and continue to do those things. Now, the, the next question I have for you, Franco, is what is your best wisdom, advice, tip, or strategy that you've come across or that you share with blended families? You mentioned you, you, know, you were on a stage for a couple of years as a speaker and stuff. What are some of those things that, that you share with people? Because you mentioned something earlier that I loved because I tell people something similar that there's no magic pill. There's no silver bullet that's going to make your blended family just work right. right it's it's going to be work um but you mentioned earlier like nobody owes you anything you, you're gonna have to earn it you know and and, and so I, I love that but what are some other things that you share with people that are hopefully if not easy to hear at least necessary so i think that they're about just like every other parent and step-parent you know or anybody that makes programs or you know i did my i did a show a couple of days ago where come somebody asked me what kind of programs that i have i don't have any programs i don't have any materials and things down. I mean, I probably should start writing this stuff down <laughs> as opposed to like, so I can share that version of it with people. But right. when, I, when I knew I was going to be, when I knew I wasn't going anywhere, mm -hmm. which was pretty much, which was pretty much like, I mean, a lot of people give us crap because our relationship happened so fast after her husband passed away. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't apologize for it. I don't, I, I, I shouldn't have been at that funeral. I don't, I should, I wasn't even supposed to be in Arizona, let alone <laughs> at the funeral. I don't question things like that. And I don't mm. question my feelings that I have for anybody, but here's what I did. When I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere, I sat down and I wrote it in a book, which is behind here, which is a bunch of quotes I have. I have a book mm. of quotes, but it, it, within the book, while I was making other notes, I wrote down 
to myself, me, us, them. And I promised myself that I would follow that model mm-hmm. until, I, until I won. Mm-hmm. That I was going to go, I was going to work my butt off to not become my father and my uncles and my, my circumstances. I was going to work my butt off to figure out, hey, why do I react when, when this happens or when somebody says that? Or, you know, like, like when a kid rolls their eyes, like, why does it infuriate? You know, why does it make me so angry? I would promise myself that I would work on that first. I would work on me. And then I promised myself that I would work on us, which is the only way to properly prepare yourself for this you know, successful blended family, which again, you said it earlier, right when we started, which is, I don't know how, men, I don't know how people become step parents. Let me tell you, I call myself a stepdad because that step, the word step doesn't hold any negative value to me. I see that as like a badge. Like if I earned, right. I earned up in the army. That's just another thing that I earned and I will pitch it to the world. And I believe in every bit of that. I stepped up, I stepped forward and I stepped through. Yeah. Um, but once you get to this point where I'm at right now, you, if you, if we were doing this podcast and you would have, and I don't call myself the professional stepdad, the way I speak about my children in my life, you would never know that I am their stepdad. Mm. You, yeah. I don't, they, they are my children. They, these, they, they are, I, my son jokes about that all the time. Dad, like, are we blood? Like, and I don't joke. I mean, I say, yeah, we, we absolutely are. We, we, we are 100% like connected son. But what I'm making here is me. And then I go to us, which is the, which is the relationship. I know mm-hmm. that in order for us to have this dynamic family, we would have to be on the same page with everything that comes with discipline that comes with communication that comes with um, connecting with the kids that comes with understanding how to handle certain situations, but doing it as a team. See, one of the biggest mistakes, step parents, step dads and bio moms or bio moms or bio dads and step moms. One of the biggest mistakes they make is that they divide themselves immediately, which is I do the punishing, you do the nothing. And it stays like that. And we don't ever feel like we have any sort of anything to offer because we're walking on eggshells and we don't want to deliver that advice because we're so afraid of what they could say, mm-hmm. like, or, or what the others could say. So it's getting into a point with you and your, your partner where you can create this dynamic partnership, right? That this teamwork, so you can mm-hmm. capture kids because that's the them part, right? Me, right. Us. And the them part is taking the time, energy, and effort to get to know who you are talking to. Best book I read ever when it came to this was The Five Love Languages for Children after I read The Five Love Languages for Adults. And I, I did the best thing I could possibly do, which is I took 30 days and I just lit, just like you with a pen and paper, me too. I just yeah. listened. And I just asked questions and I got to like, you know how many stepdads and stepmoms I know that don't even know their kids and you know, the stepkids is like favorite color, what music mm, they listen to. Right. What are they, you know, they don't take the time to do that because we're right. too busy trying to do, I don't know, other things, right? Right. Something else. Yeah. Something else. So it's getting to, it's getting to know them in a way, which goes back to your, like I said, here's your, here's my notes, which goes back to your number one, which is, Communicate well. It's yeah. communication is is most of it is nonverbal. Yeah, it's how to control those emotions. But that is that is the 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 guideline that I tell everybody. Hey, you want to you want to you want to win? Great. Here you go. Here's your advice. Go uh, spend the next three months only working on you. Don't worry about anybody else. Right. Just work on, just work on you because I guarantee you, if you can figure out how to make you better, 
all of a sudden, hey, why is me, why are me and Timmy always always at each other's throat? Is gonna turn into, hey, me and Timmy watched the game last night. It was pretty yep. cool. Yeah, that it wasn't because you didn't benefit, like you didn't do anything with Timmy as far as like working on the relationship. You worked on yourself and you let go of a few things and you realized, holy crap, it was me the whole time. Yeah, that's a not a fun day though either. Oh, it will it's <laughs> let, let me tell you, working on yourself, working on yourself sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It's coming to terms with the fact that everything you thought was right was wrong sucks. Yeah. Um here's, here was something big for me. Swallowing the pill and telling my wife I screwed up and this is how, instead of trying to like defend stupidity was tough it was tough right it was tough because i would rather argue out something that i did wrong until i could somehow find a way to win the conversation that's right as opposed to just apologizing right Right. that's the whole getting to know you thing so a lot of mistakes that step parents make is they get into the relationship and they go straight to the them win me over win the kids over get the respect get the love get the value get this and your relationship with your partner falls to the ground you never get to change who you are. So now your relationship with the kids are not going to go. You know, that's right. what they all the biggest mistake step parents make is trying to put the children in front of everything. And mm-hmm. that's not good. Look, you're in it for the long run. If you right. want to just have a good Instagram picture, then yeah, do it that way. Right. Just find some sort of positivity in it, but then it's going to go away. Yeah. Me yeah. Okay. Yep. I love that. I think that's great. And I, I wrote a lot of that stuff down, the me, us, them. And listeners, again, I would encourage you um, to really think about that. What are what are the areas in your life? Just pick one. What is an area that you can work on? What's an area that, that you need to, uh, whether it's to change or to grow or to learn or to listen? And here's the thing. If you can't think of a single area in your life that you could improve on, I promise your spouse or your kids or your stepkids could give you some suggestions. If, you, if you're brave enough or dumb enough to ask, I promise people could give you some suggestions. That is, so I, I can't believe I forgot to tell you that. That is exactly what I did. I yeah. sat everybody down and I, it was a Sunday and it's when we have a family together. I sat everybody down. I said, okay, guys, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not upset. I got a pen here. I need to know where I am missing. I need to know where, where I'm, I'm messing up. Where, where am I missing? What am I? How am I not listening to you here? What am I making a mistake with over here? Like, how, mm-hmm. how am I not communicating well over there? And they were so polite about it because I was mm-hmm. polite about it. Right. If I come in with this aggression, they would have been scared to tell me or, or they would have flipped it and wanted to fight with it. Yeah. Um, that's what I did. And when I, when, I, when I got that list, I placed value on the things that I needed to place value on. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I dug my heels into the ground and I went to work. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I guess that listeners, again, it's not fun. It's not easy, uh, but it's important because the other thing is simply by asking that question, you're communicating to them that you care about their opinion and that you're willing to, to pay attention to what they have to say. Uh, one of the things that I would suggest too is when you're having that conversation, make sure that you go into it in a in a good frame of mind, like you mentioned, uh, Franco, if you go into it aggressive or angry, or even if you're not intending to, like I know um, I'm, a, I'm a soccer coach as well. And apparently I get a little bit intense on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And so I, I told, I was watching, um, I was actually watching a baseball game the other day and uh, at, at the school and some of the students me say, Coach Hoppecker, you look kind of ticked off. And I'm like, no, this is just my face. I call it RCF. It's resting coach face. Like this, this is what I have. Like I, I realize that I look mad all the time. I'm, I'm actually a very happy person. 
Um, But if you go into one of those conversations and you look like you're ticked off, they're, like you said, Frank, they're going to take that nonverbal cue, and that's going to change the way the conversation could could go. Because if you know someone's angry when they ask you a question, you answer that question differently. I mean, if my wife says to me, hey, honey, did you take care of this? That's a very different question than, honey, you remember that thing that I asked you about? Did you take care of that? Like, that's the same question. That's not the same question. That's not the same question. That's totally different. It's a very, very different kind of a thing. So I love that. Yeah, when you go into those conversations, make sure that you are doing it uh, gently and, and humbly. And like you said, take a pen and paper, show them that you're serious about listening to what they have to say. And hey, I, I really do want to know I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to get defensive. I'm not going to be hurt. Just tell me what you're thinking and I can write it down and we can go from there. That's, you, you, were, you were literally describing an acting technique that I teach. No, I, didn't, I don't teach it, don't get me wrong. I share it with people, which is everybody, people wanted to know how I went from somebody that made zero money and nobody knew who I was, and especially here in Arizona, to like becoming, like booking a two and a half year contract with Walmart doing commercials for them. Like, mm-hmm. how did I go from one to the other? And I didn't change anything about me. And when I told them, and it goes right back to the self work, which is I, I got real clear on who I was. Mm-hmm. And then I got real clear on how to deliver that message. So mm-hmm. when I would walk into an audition, uh, a casting director will say, hey, Franco, tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Most people will say, well, hi, you know, uh, kind of, I love that. I do this, five kids there. And no, tell us about yourself. So when you can answer, tell us about yourself, then they'll know that you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I got clear about that, I became, I developed this little, like, pitch that I give them now, which is when they say, Franco, tell us a little bit about yourself. I say that I'm a bunny dressed in gangster clothing. Nice. Which is, and then, and then I don't say anything. And, I, they right, and then they kind of look at you like, uh... yeah, like, well, what does that mean? And I go, think, well, great. So on the outside, I've got tattoos. I'm a pretty big dude. If, if we're, if it's midnight and we're going down an alleyway and I'm wearing a white beater or a tank top, you're probably going to move out of the way. But if you get to know me, you know that I love the notebook and I love reading and I love, I love playing dress up with my girls and I let them right. do my clothes. I love pedicures and manicures. I'm a bunny dressed in gangster clothing. And immediately they all, everybody in the room understands that I know me. Yeah. And I'm not willing to compromise me for anybody. Right. So it goes back to what you were saying, which is your resting coach face. Yeah. Sometimes we forget that our nonverbal communication. Yeah set the tone for our home yep. yeah we have to have this reminder for me like i set reminders on my phone i mean we have all this technology but we don't put it to use right for, for instance, let me ask you a question what's your wife's love language uh hers is mostly acts of service okay so acts of service my wife's is physical touch mm-hmm. so on my in my phone every hour mm-hmm. my phone goes off and it just says kiss your wife and I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm at home and she's home and my phone goes off, boom, I'm there. Yep. And it's so crazy how just that can fill that love tank yep. and change the total dynamic of the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's ex- exactly right, too. You mentioned we've got, we have all this technology and we don't use it well. We don't use it in the way that it could be used. And, and I think that's a great example of how to use it well. Uh, it reminds me, too, of you. Um, have you come across a book called Love and Respect by Emerson Egricks? Have you read that one? Oh, excellent. But that was one that we – that's one of the ones we've found to be one of the probably top two or three most helpful books that we've read um, in the – almost – it'll be seven years next week at the time of this recording that we've been married. Like that book was really, really good. I really um, set you on track. Yeah, 
Yeah, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. That one and and um, you know, obviously like smart step family Ron deal was that was the first one we that was actually part of our premarital counseling. Um so speaking of some of those resources, do what? I love premarital counseling. You know yeah. how many people don't like that? Why? Like there's well, what's wrong with having a middleman to talk right. to. Well, and, and for me specifically, like I had been divorced and my wife had never been married before. So if there's two people who need marriage counseling, it's the guy who got it wrong and the lady who hadn't done it, who are going to try to do it well together. Like, yes, we need some help. Great move. Great move that you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some of the resources that, uh, that you share with people in addition to like, I'd love to hear about your own. And then what are some of the other ones that you point people to? You mentioned the five love languages and five love languages for kids. Um, so what are some things that you share or recommend? Okay, so the reason I am, I go so hard and heavy on the five love languages is because I believe the five love languages to be, in the best way I can explain it, would be the Bible for mm-hmm. relationships. I just, it's 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 very simply put. It doesn't. It's not complicated. It it kind of and it the, what I love more than anything, especially for the kids' version, it gives you exercises to do with your children. Right. So you can kind of identify who they are and what type of person that they are. And especially with, with uh, the five love languages for, um, uh, for just the regular adults, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we really went so heavy on the five love languages that my wife and I developed, um, a, a, and this is going to say, I'm not trying to pitch anything, of course, but we, we got an old board game and, mm-hmm. which is, and I'm only, could you ask me my resources? This mm-hmm. is my good. Uh, I have a board game that I put blue tape on and I wrote on and, and we called it the power of us. And basically mm. what it is, is it's a board game that you play with your significant other where you kind of go through the month and you have like these 15 activities to do with one another after spinning a wheel, which comes with like four things that you want to do for them and four things they want to do for you mm. plus those days. And that in itself has always been a savior for us when it mm. comes, to, especially when we see a, a decline right. in like, and what we know is right. This is a great way to put us to connect. But the reason we got there is because we decided one day to check into a hotel with a whiteboard and an easel. And we decided to do what most families don't do. And I know they, they preach this a lot in maybe college, like for sure church, mm-hmm. which is set your goals, set goals. Mm-hmm. Right. So we spent, I think we did this couple's retreat where we did 24 hours, no phones, grandma watched the kids. And we set intentions for ourselves and for each other. And then what we did is we picked the top three, the three things that she wanted to accomplish, the three things I wanted to accomplish, and then the three things that we wanted to accomplish. Hmm. And then at the very bottom of it, we wrote our names and we stuck this paper, which she hated, by the way, on the wall. Mm -hmm. It was our chance to hold each other accountable Mm -hmm. for the things that we would do. Yeah. And I mean, I would love to say that there are like more books or, or seminars that I've been through, like B- Bob Proctor and like the movie, The Secret is something that I showed my kids, mainly because after I saw that movie, I got so inundated with it that I told, like, I had just got out of the army. And I told myself I was going to become a speaker with them, mm-hmm. which was like a lofty goal, considering the fact that I never had spoken any time ever. <laughs> and, and a year later, I find myself with the speakers. Mm-hmm. And, in Canada, speaking and learning with them. Mm-hmm. So these, these personal development book wrote books like um, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist is a great book to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. It's a great book to figure out who you are. It's a great book to figure out like understanding the process of a journey. 
right? That's what a step parent is. Our, our process is the journey of, of how we got there. And then it's our responsibility to share it with one person. That's right. another thing when it comes to stepdads, right? It's, which is, we don't like to, there's, there's not a lot of in, uh, emotional sharing that goes on between men. You can find a lot of boards and a lot of uh, blogs for stepmoms. Mm -hmm. A lot of stepdad stuff out there. Right. Good. We don't need help. That's right. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. And my best advice for stepdads is get your head out of your ass. Yeah. Period. Like you need help and it's okay. Right. It's, it's okay. Oh, it is so okay to just say, I don't know. I need some help. Hook me up. Like, yeah, you're exactly right. That, it's interesting because one of, um, and I have to explain to people, one of the websites that I run is called stepdadding.com. Mm -hmm. And it was because a, a different guy created it. And then like his kids were grown. And so he was kind of done. He said, would you like to take this over? I said, sure. The first thing I did was kind of write, I'm not a stepdad. Here's why I'm running. Because I didn't want people to think, like I didn't want to, I want to look like I was presenting myself falsely. But right. this guy had already put together so many good resources. I didn't want to just go away either. Like people need this stuff. Um, but that's exactly right. There's, there's not a whole there comparatively, there's not a whole lot out there for stepdads compared to what's, what's out there for stepmoms. And I think it's exactly like you said, it's because get, dads are just like, nah, I'm good. Like most of the time when you hear about a couple that's struggling and one of them wants to go see a counselor, it's not the dad. Who's the one who's trying to drag the mom to go to counseling. That right. that's not how it normally goes. So right. at the exactly. risk of, you know, at the risk of offending people by stereotypes, like they came from somewhere. Oh, I'll offend people with stereotypes all day. I don't give a shit. Here's why I love what I preach the most but, uh, out of all the people that preach stuff about stepdads. Because A, I'm not giving you some uh, class to take or a workbook to do. I'm just not, not because I can't, but because, look, bottom line is, is if you found my, my professional, the professional stepdad site, mm -hmm. if you found my podcast, you're struggling. Right, you're already looking. The last thing I need to do is try to sell you on the six steps to put something pillar, whatever, <laughs> because, because I was in personal development and growth business. I know what it, it's like to, to develop a seminar for a thousand people mm -hmm. with sole intention to sell them at the back of the room. Right. I knew what that's like, and I hated it. This is yeah. the reason why I got the hell out of it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I thought we were helping people. Don't get me wrong. I like making money. Right. But I don't want to make money when we deliver what we say we're going to do. Right. We're not doing this so that we can sell it. We're doing it because it helps. And if we make money doing that, that's great. Yeah. So be it. And I'm fine with that. Like, right. totally fine with that. So when it comes to like being upfront with stepdads and stepmoms and bio parents, like, I, I just don't give a crap. Yeah. And it's not because I don't care. I am very right. an empathetic and sympathetic person, sympathetic person. But I just, don't allow like I can read excuses before you even yeah think. yeah and well and that's that that's one of the hard parts about parenting you know is sometimes being a parent is loving your kid enough to make them do stuff they don't want to do yeah. right and, and the same thing with adults like one of the ways that we need to love other people is we need to tell them hard truths and we, and we can be gentle when we do that we can be kind when we do that but like if if you're driving down the road at 100 miles an hour it doesn't do either of us any good if I'm in the car with you to go it's okay it's fine. This is fine. This is totally okay. Cause I don't want to hurt your feelings by telling you to slow down. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, you, you need to slow the heck down because I'd like to get home to my family, please. Right. And that's, if you don't like that, that's tough on you. That's so, and you're saying it perfectly because you are literally laying out a lot of scenarios that step parents have to, that, that go through, which is kind of like this calamity of confusion all the time. And it, <laughs> and it always 
we'll come back to me, us, them. Yeah. Look, if you, do it, if you do it in that order, you'll win. Yeah. You want me to guarantee you anything? Sure, I'll guarantee you this. Stepdad, stepmoms, I'm going to guarantee you. I feel like I'm John Anthony on the movie uh, Two for the Money, right? He's like, I guarantee this. Um, I guarantee you that if you make a commitment to yourself, which is I am not only going to step into this family, because remember, just because you stepped in doesn't mean crap to me. I need to know that you stepped in without having one foot out the door. Yeah. That's what a lot of step parents have in their back of their, their right. minds. Well, they're not my kids. So if at any time this doesn't work, I'm out and I don't have any regret. That's right. If you really want to win, bring your foot in the door, fully commit yourself to the relationship, and then work your ass off on you. Yeah. Just work your ass off on you and for six months, just six months. Yeah, that might seem long, but in, in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. I waited 10 years to get a letter. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's funny. In, in the previous interview, Laura Petherbridge talked about she's been um, in a step family now for 35 years. She goes, in step family years, that's like 200. And I love that. I love that, that idea of step family years. Like wow. that, that needs to be a real thing. Wow, that's awesome. I feel like that needs to be a movie. Yeah, like it does. The idea of step family years compared to regular people years, because step family years are a lot. They're a lot. You know what step parents do is we shoot ourselves in the foot. Like we're already starting off. Yeah, behind the eight ball, easy. Way behind the eight ball. Everybody is on mile 10 and we're just now kicking in gear. Like we are already starting off late. Why would you, why would you want to shackle yourself to stupidity when you can when you can release that and Mm -hmm. and and here's the great part about it and and your goal should not be to catch up your goal should be to set your pace set right stop comparing yourself to others stop comparing yourself to what you see on on social media or things like that set your pace because guess what at the end of the day no matter what you do stepdads no matter what you do stepmoms you think that you are not affecting anyone or you think maybe that you're not valued, not only are you, but it's your responsibility to set the tone so that you, your children, because you're raising them, so the children in the home can see what it takes for the person in their life to overcome all this adversity. Because make no mistake about it, they're smart. Kids are smart. And especially like my daughter, when she says, when are you leaving? I fully believe that that not only was premeditated, but that she had written that down, practiced that speech and right. lasted for a while. They're smart. Their job is to get you the hell out of there. Yeah. Your job is to move out of your own way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So listen, as we start to wrap up here, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about your work? I know you've mentioned your podcast, um, The Professional Stepdad, right? What are, right. What so are I, the other? Go ahead. So I got the professionalstepdad.com. You can go to the website. If you want to connect with me, um, you can simply just hit the connection button. It goes straight to my email. Um, the Professional Stepdad is also available. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud and it's on Spotify. Okay. All you can find each and every episode there from the early episodes that sucked. I apologize because I was trying to be Gary and I shouldn't have been to <laughs> episodes, which is where I learned to be me. Um, and, uh, or you can just email me contact at the professional stepdad.com. I'm very good at getting back to people. Um, some of the things that I've been doing lately is I've been helping some stepdads through an app called Marco Polo, mm-hmm. which is a, a way for them. I allow them to 
send me a question mm-hmm. with, and then I'll answer back, but it's not a back. It's not, don't, don't expect me to get into like crazy conversations with you. Like if you need help, I can give you an immediate advice, tell you what to do, but you have to do something about it. Um, and that's really like the only way is the professional stepdad.com is going to be revamped. I'm redoing it okay. to implement the things that I've done, which is, uh, the board game. I'm going to put just a paper version of it so people can kind of print it out. Awesome. Uh, I got the, I got this thing called the kids corner, which is how you can literally use the five love languages for children, um, implement it within the week and then, and then create action behind it by speaking their love language and giving them, I did this when I tried this kids corner for a test, I, I tried this and man, the kids looked forward to it. Like they would go mm. to the board, find out it's theirs and they would anticipate, like my daughter Afton would literally come home from dance, get showered, get in bed, put on a movie and say, dad, tonight's my night. Like that is the quality time that she had. Or awesome. my daughter, which is, and this is for your wife, active service, right? My daughter Claire is active service. What I do is I wake up really early in the morning. I made her lunch. I made her bed for her. When she got home, I would have a snack waiting for her. These are just things to help them relieve some of the pressure. And that's this kid's corner. And I'm going to have that available as well. Awesome. 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 That sounds really, really good. So listeners, make sure you check those things out. Professionalstepdad.com, the podcast, as he mentioned, YouTube, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all over the place. Make sure you check those things out. Now, the last thing I always end with is our lightning round. These are just some goofy questions because I like to ask goofy questions as a teacher. Um, So give me, uh, give me your answers to these, however you see fit. All right. So if you've got to pick one of these three as a favorite, what do you go with? Lord of the Rings, Narnia, or Harry Potter? Nice. Never the wrong answer. Good. Uh, Hot dogs or hamburgers? Hot dogs. Good. Uh, Boneless wings. Are they a real thing or are they just pretentious nuggets? They're pretentious nuggets. If you're eating boneless wings, you need to come talk to me. That's seriously. I'm just saying. Or just just call them nuggets. It's fine. But just call them nuggets. Tell me. We can stop by Safeway and I can get them for two bucks. That's right. 20 bucks at the, at the at, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Come that's on. exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, uh, number four, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Uh, tea. Nice. Uh, tea, sweet or unsweet? Sweet. Yep. And then uh, give us a favorite quote, song lyric, Bible verse, movie line, something that sticks in your head that you share with people, um, that kind of thing. Uh, I share this quote more than anything with my kids and people that I know. It is never underestimate the predictability of stupidity. Nice. I like that. I hadn't heard that one before. I like that. That's good. You never underestimate it. You won't be surprised when it, it's there. And guess what? Especially as a step parent. <sighs> I believe that. I always like to share with my students, don't uh, never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups, <laughs> which is, which is also, it's also a real thing. So not that I'm talking about my students when I say that, but, but sometimes I am. That at all. Yeah. I, also, I also want to make sure that um, your listeners know that because I tried to purchase professionalstepdad.com and mm-hmm. it was so I, that's why it's called The Professional Stepdad. Okay, awesome. Um, yes, make sure we put that in. Yeah, TheProfessionalStepdad.com. Awesome. All right, well, Franco, listen, I've had a great time. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing everything with us. And um, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Listeners, please reach out to Franco, uh, check out his podcast, check out his information, uh, connect with him, shoot him questions, whatever. Uh, But Franco, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you very much for not only having the show, but for being available for individuals like myself to not only get the word out, to share our story, but then 
going above and beyond to get our story out to others. That is uh, something that not a lot of people can do, brother. So make sure you give yourself a, a pat on the back for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a good rest of your night. Uh, listeners, thank you again for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed. Stay focused, production.